Hello and welcome to this special edition of the podcast. This show has actually been designed to be listened to outside in nature. So get your shoes on, grab a coat, close your laptop and pause this episode. And once you're outside in nature, press play and listen to the rest of the show. I hope that the sun is on your face and the birds are singing and you are out enjoying nature. And to really help us get into the into the mood, I have a really fantastic guest joining us on the show today. His name is Dan Burgess. He is an activist, a strategist, a writer, a podcaster and uh, a fantastic human being. And Dan is gonna speak with us about how we can make the most of this walk through the natural world as we unwind from humanity and start to um, connect with something a little bit more natural and a little bit more important. Hi Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the on the on the podcast. Um, and uh, for those listening, I'd love to give you a moment just to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Um, uh, so I'm Dan Dan Burgess. Um, I've got to try and do a little short piece now, isn't it? Because I can get a bit rambly. Um, <laughs> so um, I guess I do. I do um, I do a few different things, but I guess what my sort of the edge of my work really is trying to uh, help us maybe reconnect, uh, re-engage, maybe just discover actually uh, the, our sort of relationships with what I would call the more than human world, this kind of living world around us, and and how do we sort of um, how do we find our ways back into that, and and what does that mean for our for our work, for our you know the the, the work we're doing out in the world? How do we I guess, how do we sort of lean into a lot of these big issues, which feel sort of terrifying half the time, but actually there's something more, I think there's something more beautiful that's sitting beneath all of this, which is a sort of a, a rediscovery of what it means to be human and to be part of a, a much bigger web of life. Because ultimately, I think that's what's causing um, a lot of these issues is this disconnection, this kind of story of separation, if you like, that we've sort of built these extraordinary things over the, over the, over the years, these extraordinary kind of human civilization but we've kind of done it sort of on top of or sort of separate from the living world um and so that's really the edge of my work is is trying to help uh people companies organizations all, all kinds of folks really sort of explore that reconnection and what that might mean for themselves and, and for their work in the world that's that would be a sort of a, a way maybe of explaining that and the good news is that everyone that you're talking to right now has disconnected right everyone is out if, they, if they've done as they're told everyone is now away from their desks away from their screens walking in nature so uh how let's help them disconnect a little bit let's help them reawaken that sort of sensory human being that's been um hidden under so many layers of concrete uh, how, how how should everyone listening make the most of this opportunity to get back to to nature well, turn your phone off, 
that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> At the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, try not to fiddle with, to try, you know, I mean, that's the big thing, right? A lot of, a lot of this is how do we, how do we start to, um, yeah, wait, I guess wake our senses up. Because we're, we're sensory beings. We are sort of humans, are real sort of sensory creatures. Um, and we have all these extraordinary sort of what I would call human technologies uh, that we've been developing over thousands and thousands of years, um, which allow us to sort of sense and feel and navigate this extraordinary living world. But what seems to have happened to many of us um, with with our sort of our shift to these more sedentary ways of being, our shift to sort of being in in offices and in front of screens, and um, is we've sort of, in many ways, we've kind of deadened our senses. You know, we're we're, we're we're sort of facing forwards most of the time. We're looking a lot of the time, and we're kind of shutting down a lot of our other um, senses to kind of to, to feel our way into the world. So I think the big the big the, you know a good place to start is is um, yeah trying to wake up these senses. And so you know if you're walking out into um, wherever it is you live, uh, you know some of us are lucky. We've got access to lots of kind of um, Let's call it. I don't know if we can. I don't know. We haven't got much wild space, but we've. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you're in an environment where there is, you know, there's a there's a lot more sort of um, more than human life, whether it's a, a a wood or a park or a a river or but somewhere, you know, try and head for somewhere where you know the kind of the sort of let's say humanness is 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 in the minority if you can i know it's hard if you live in a big city yeah. you might be going wow where do i go try and unravel um, some of the human noise around us yeah because we it it is we've got layers of it going on mm-hmm. and so i guess the first thing is yeah how do you start to notice uh these these kind of layers of um this constructed world if you like that we've built as as humans how do we start to sort of notice uh, that and start to let let it go a little bit. So sort of find you know starting to tune into your um, your uh, your 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 more animal ways of being and and sensing the world. So it might be finding a finding a spot to go and sit in, um, you know, which is the sit spot, which we could talk about if that's interesting. Or it might just be, you know, some of us need to move. Some of us can sit still, but sitting still, I think, is a really good a good sort of practice to. Um, to maybe get into so it's sort of finding a spot um which could be you know if you're lucky enough to have a garden it could be in a garden but if you can as i say try and find somewhere um that allows you to uh you know go somewhere maybe that's not as familiar to you um but that you're drawn to that would be that would be the sort of the first request i heard you say once that nature's always flirting with you That's that's right. Well, you see, if you if you can get into that mindset of like trying to let go of our sort of distracted, you know, monkey chatter mind and, and sort of open yourself up and just start thinking, OK, how do I, you know, how do I start to notice other life around me? And if you start to look as you're walking um, and maybe, you know, you might be in a park or you might be in a wood or you might be by the river or whatever it is, just start to walk and just start to open up your awareness, start to sort of tune in at things. It could be things to look at. It could be senses. It could be things you're hearing. And sometimes often the, the, the natural world will, it will flirt. It will, it, something will attract you. And, um, and that's a really good, that's a really good signal to sort of follow. So if something catches your eye or a sound or even a smell or something, then maybe allow yourself to be drawn to that spot. Mm. Cause maybe that's, that's a, that's a good place to start. Uh, you know, I, I this time of year, one of the things I love most is the sound of leaves hitting the ground. 
because it's kind of like rain, but it's actually quite a lot stronger and it's got this kind of crunchiness to it that's just so delicious. So yeah, I'm yeah, really listening. Yeah, exactly. And this, and, and you've hit on a good thing. It's like, again, sort of our, you know, in our sort of busyness, in our sort of busyness culture, um, you know, we might still be running around frantically working on projects, pitching, doing stuff for clients, whatever it is we're doing. But actually, like you say, if you look out into the into the more than human world, these lead, you know, what what's what's the natural world telling us? It's telling us to um, start letting go. It's telling us to start slowing down. It's definitely telling us to start slowing down. <laughs> it's, and uh, and, uh, and 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 yes, there's a letting go that's really starting to happen now. When you when you look around, you'll see. I mean, it's actually a, you know, it's a it's a dying process, but which is going on. There's a letting go of mm -hmm. of life and a, a recognition that we've put a lot of energy. A lot of energy has been has been used uh, and now it's time to sort of slow down and, and let go of that and start to maybe go inward a little bit over these these coming months. This would be a time of reflection and, you know, maybe just sort of working a little bit more from 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 the inside now and, and, and uh, reflecting on the year that's been. Mm. And this sort if of you're lucky enough to have clients that will let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Or, yeah, I or bosses. I, I love the idea that you'd email a client saying, I will get back to you with that next week. I'm actually in my sit spot right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just composting with the leaves uh, at the moment. So I'll get back to you in 2022. Uh, and I, I, I've got to be honest, as someone that is inherently lazy, the, the concept of, of just sitting has quite a strong appeal. You've talked a little bit there about the, the practice of the sit spot, but I would love to hear you just um, just instruct some of the people that are listening today. If, they, if they'd if they like to, to integrate that practice into their lives or give it a go for the first time, what are some things they need to... How do you do it? Yeah, so it's a, it's like, it's like the, a very, very simple practice, but it's incredibly powerful if you, if you create a habit around it. Um, and so... As I said before, it's find find a, find a spot that's easy for you to access. Um, it could be local to where you work, or it could be you know around your home, but somewhere that you're you're you know you, you're drawn to going to. And then it is just finding a, a spot to sit in. And you know, again, you know, some people will take a a waterproof to sit on, or you know, some people take a, a you know like you can get these little waterproof cushions. There's all kinds of things you can do to make yourself comfortable if you're not you know if you find the idea of sitting on the ground a bit weird, um, but but I would go for it. Um, and, and the point is to find a spot you're drawn to and then just to sit quietly. Again, no phone, no distractions, don't journal, do nothing. You know, it's all about, it's all about just letting go of all these other things that we tend to do to just sort of distract us and just sit. And, you know, you might start with, I don't know, 15 minutes, let's say, mm. okay? Um, or 30 minutes if you're up for it. But, you know, you can, 15 minutes was, is, is still a good, a good sesh. But, you know, half an hour, the longer you go for, the more you will benefit from the process because the more will start to happen, more things will unravel. Um, but it's finding a spot and it's just sitting quietly and it's just trying to tune in to your other senses, you know, what you're smelling, what you're hearing, what you're seeing. And there's many dimensions of a sit spot. You know, in many ways, you're going to start noticing that there is other life going on. You know, this tiny little microcosm of the earth that you're, that you're going to plant yourself in you know, you're going to start to see that it's a whole, there's a whole system of life and relationships and things that are happening there. And some of that you might see it, some of it you might start to feel it. But also what it's going to do over time is it's going to start to, you're going to start to realise that there's things going on inside you that are also being reflected from outside. So there's this relationship between the inner and the outer, which sounds a bit out there, 
but you have to go with the process. You know, if you think about it, if we go back again, we think of our evolution as a species, we've always had a relationship, a deeper relationship with things that aren't just human. It's actually very, very recent times, if you think about our evolutionary time, that we've we've become very, very human focused, you know, and we've sort of forgotten about all this other life. So a sit spot is, you know, try and go regularly, you know, at least once a week, do it a couple of times if you can. Um, go back to the same spot because over time you'll start to notice how, again, how life works in cycles, mm. how things change in seasons, how, you know, and so you start to sort of tune into these, these patterns and cycles that are going on in, in, in the modern human world that aren't about, you know, quarterly reports and, uh, you know, <laughs> always on speed and, you know, continuous growth. They actually are, they're, they're moving in different cycles. And, and just that practice... Uh, things will start to happen. You know, you'll notice things. You'll notice things about yourself. You might notice things that are coming up for you, like emotions that you have or fears that you have. Or think, you know, it's it's a it's a great way. Things start to be mirrored, basically. Um, so you're not only noticing other things out there, but you're starting to notice things about yourself. Mm. You know, maybe things that you're carrying, or you know, maybe barriers that you're you're working with, or whatever. So it's a beautiful process, um, and it's free, and you don't need any apps or any technology. Uh, and um, and if you if you try it for a month as a habit, you know, guaranteed it will, it, you know, it will um, it will have impacts that you will you'll notice very mm. clearly. The, the thing I love is the idea that it's the same spot, but every time you return to it, you'll be different. And then you'll also see the, as you say, the seasons and the cycles and just start to connect with that. The rhythm that we have oppressed with all of our buildings and concrete and society so I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and it's also no bad thing to be reminded how small we are when you start to see all the other mm. life going on uh, and you just sit in your tiny little piece of the world that you've chosen as your sit spot. You realise how little you are and that's really important to realise. with Dan and hearing his really down-to-earth and simple approach to connecting with nature it's it's such an inspiring uh, way to look at things and and it's really made me think about the role that 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 I can play professionally as well as 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 in my personal life you know our, our industry the advertising industry has such a huge role to play in in protecting and preserving the natural world and in my mind there are kind of three key areas that we can take action. The first is around promoting environmentally positive solutions. You know, when we run an ad for electric vehicles or when we promote more meat-free, more sustainable diets, like that, those, those new ways of living are driven by advertising, right? Advertising is the, the architect of desire. We shape society, we shape consumer demand, and, and we can help reshape society to be greener and more positive. And I think the work with Change the Brief uh, in particular and, and the work that Purpose Disruptors are doing in this space is, is a fantastic way that we can constantly challenge our clients to, to really interrogate how they are shaping society. 
And the second key impact that we can have is, a, is, is what are advertising funds, you know? Advertising has this sort of inherent value exchange that is sort of written into our contract with society. Our ads fund journalism. Our ads keep the internet free. And actually, you know, with COP26 just behind us, it became so apparent how important journalism was in holding truth to power and keeping our politicians accountable. It was really telling that many, um, many important news publications, including The Economist and The Financial Times, they made their coverage free during the time of COP26 because they knew how important it was for that uh, information to be freely accessible. And our advertising is a way that that information is free and that, that climate journalism is, is, is funded. And on the flip side, of course, we can make sure that our advertising doesn't monetize climate denial. I think the, the policy changes that YouTube have put in place around um, making sure that you can't monetize anything that contradicts climate science. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple step, but it's, it's a really, really important one because what our ad dollars fund is what eventually reaches the consumer. And I guess the final one, the third area that I think our industry could really interrogate is the carbon footprint of our advertising, the impact that our own actions have on the planet. And, and this is an easy one to overlook because you know, so much of advertising runs on the internet, which is this ephemeral, untouchable thing. But actually, the internet has a, a higher carbon footprint than the airline industry. You know, the internet is actually a, a very carbon intensive thing. And, and of course, programmatic advertising runs across all of it with huge computational power in every one and indeed every lost bid in the programmatic exchange. So, you know, at Goodly, we've been doing a lot of work to understand the the, the, the carbon cost of advertising and, and that has led us to not only carbon offset all of our own good loop adverts with our watch to donate and engage to donate products but but we've also integrated that methodology into the green ad tag which is a, a really simple little one by one tracking pixel uh, we, we're calling it the the viewability tag for the planet and it just enables brands to append that pixel and then they can measure their carbon emissions in real time and they can ensure that their entire campaign is is carbon offset so it's been a really interesting journey for us as a, as a sort of ad tech company understanding what uh, our impact is on the planet and and let me tell you it has been a pandora's box like the, the the advertising industry has a huge role to play and we've got a lot of um responsibility to to clean up uh, the supply chain and that's why ad net zero and the work of the advertising association is is so inspiring and important so I, I hope that that's, that's a helpful reflection on how we can take some of the, the really inspiring and practical lessons from Dan and then apply them when you are back at your desk, when you are back in front of your screen. You know, there are also ways that our job can have a fantastic impact on the planet, as well as, um, you know, some of the more personal introspective things that, that Dan mentioned. <laughs> So Dan, as a thank you for joining us on the show today, we're going to make a donation to a sustainable charity. Which cause have you picked to support and, and why? There's a, so there's one called Black yeah. to Nature, 
um, which is a charity in the uh, based in Bristol that are supporting um, uh, kids from really marginalised communities, basically helping them develop a connection with the natural world. Um, Beautiful. And so, yeah, and so the the girl who started that actually it was my, the last episode on my podcast. Maya Rose, she's called Bird Girl. She does. She's like a sort of. Um, She's a uh, she's half Bangladesh, sort of British Bangladeshi, but she talks. She her charity. She set this charity up really to sort of try and tackle the fact that what, where are all the where are all the black and brown kids in in natural environments and stuff. So I thought that might be Isn't one. It's so sad um, that nature has become a pr- privilege. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so I think I think I think that's the one. But there was I was I was just because I do a lot of surfing and work with water as well. There's a, there's another guy that i met recently or a year ago who had been setting up this chat again to get inner city kids out into the into the waves and so i was just i was just trying to figure out whether he'd actually set that charity up or whether it was just still an idea so can i just pop you a mail like tomorrow or something with um of course is that well, you right can always, you can always do a 50 50 that's true i could couldn't <laughs> i could do like what is it it's 500 quid yeah oh, great so i could always do 250 quid. yeah i could do that couldn't i yeah, so let me yeah. i'll follow yeah. you up with a with a mail more of your dulcet tones talking reassuringly about nature what is your show what's your you mentioned you have a podcast yeah so it's the space it's the spaceship earth um podcast um which is uh has been going since well i think 2018 yeah that is that's got about 60 odd episodes but yeah i mean you get it's on all platforms um and um it's got i mean there's loads there's lots of people there's lots of lots of uh folks from activists writers businesses i mean there's all, all kinds of people um awesome but exploring this yeah it was always this underlying sort of exploration of our relationship to to the to the more than human but um but there's quite some good stuff on there. i've done a couple of addy things as well i did like back in the extinction rebellion days i, d- I, d- I did a, a, a one very much th- you know do you remember when the ad industry got that challenge from the do you remember that one yeah of course so i did an episode around that and and there's a few folks from the sort of creative sector that have been you know that are sort of more re- you know have have gone and then been a bit renegade but it's it's pretty diverse there's a lot it's quite interesting for me actually because the podcast now is getting it's suddenly getting lots of lots of interest because i've just been rambling along in my shed for <laughs> <laughs> so uh it, it seems like the stuff on the edges is becoming more more interesting but I'm actually in a re I'm actually in reboot mode at the moment, so I'm just planning a whole new sort of reboot and new season and mm, nice, you know, because just been sort of quietly doing its thing. But it's um, yeah, right. that'd be great. brings me on to the final thing I wanted to discuss really is is sort of how tiny and significant we are but how uh, we have a huge responsibility on our shoulders as a species and you, you you mentioned at the beginning of this of this conversation about how some of the stuff around the climate crisis can feel quite scary and off-putting and 
you know, I think it's fair to say a lot of us feel a lot of anxiety about it. How do you stay positive and how do you inject a sense of action into what you do in your life and, and how can everyone listening make some small changes or, or, or change their perspective to help sort of approach this climate crisis with a bit more positivity and a bit more action? Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a, good, it's a, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a biggie. Um, well, I think actually just bringing it back to what we've been talking about, I think, you know, I think the more we're able to understand that we're part of this extraordinary web of life, that we are just one part of it, um, the more we start to understand all these relationships that are happening around us that, that are actually co-creating the condition. So this is a this is a very creative process life that's going on. You know, there is a lot of there's a lot of relationships and participation and cooperation that's going on all the time to create, you know, the things that we depend on to live by. And I think there's something about the more you start to notice that and understand this extraordinary interdependence that is going on, this interconnection, if you like. I I actually believe that not only fuels you you know, your internal capacity to sort of, to be able to face into complex stuff, uncertain stuff. I think it builds a, a sense of a resilience, if you like, mm. um, and more of a sense of purpose. But I also think it opens up our imagination. So I think we're, I think the prob one of the big problems we face with the climate crisis is it's because we've become so disconnected on many levels, not just from the natural world, from, from each other, from, you know, we're so divided right now as a sort of culture. And, and I think the a relationship with the living world creates capacity for imagination as well. And I think we have a depletion in imagination, in our imaginative capacity, sort of culturally. I think yeah. we're quite limited of what we think is possible. And almost, I think, I think we also, you know, if you take out coppers, it's almost a sense of, again, what is possible within the current system. It, you know what I mean? It's, it always feels like we're limited about what we think, where we think we can go next. Yeah. So I think this relation, building a relationship with the living world, not only helps you to deal with, you know, facing into things which can be fearful and difficult to understand and difficult to, to deal with, but also it builds a resilience, but it also, I think it starts to open up your imagination to what might be possible. So I, I really think it's, there is a, something very, very simple around building this relationship with the living world. But also, the only other thing I would add is, because I think also, how do we build more open sharing as communities? So there's a, we're all carrying around a lot of fear and a lot of around what is going on. And I also think alongside building a relationship with the, with the living world, how do we deepen our relationships with each other so we listen more to each other, we're able to understand the fears that we're all carrying, the complexities we're all dealing with because there's so much tied up in all this stuff you know all of our identities are tied up in our jobs and you know what I mean and there's a lot of stuff that's being rattled so I think we need to both create spaces where we can all be heard a bit more or where we can share a bit more because um, it is a cycle the more you build your relationship with the, the living world the more you start to confront some of these questions about your own story mm -hmm. but we need to be able to share that as well so I don't know if that makes sense but there's something about building relationship with the natural world but at the same time how do we create spaces within these work systems and cultures and organizations where we can actually you know share our vulnerabilities more and and create because i think once you start to get to the bottom of the fear then you can start to come back up and think you know well what 
what what is possible? What will this new world look like? I don't know if that makes sense, it but does. there's something in these relationships. It does. I think you know what you're what you're what I'm hearing is like by connecting with nature and understanding some of the more primal and simple things about our world, it like strips back so much of the systemic constraints that we've put on things like consumerism and I have to have an income because I have to buy stuff and I have to have this and I have to be like this and this is how I define myself and all of this crap that we've layered on top of our existence that's entirely man-made but unless you escape the man-made you can't really notice what is and isn't natural so I, I completely get what you're saying I think well I hope I do but I mean yeah. it's a beautiful it's a beautiful sentiment yeah I mean I've, I've witnessed this I've witnessed this. I've been running these the, the, these peer learning sessions in the last few months. And again, just seeing how people, how quickly people can start, once the trust is there between them, mm. how quickly we can actually start to break through some of these fears that we're carrying, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's, 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 it's good. Fabulous. Get outside and let's talk to each other as well a lot more <laughs> yes. about what we're scared of. What I love about this conversation is that there are two very simple, clear things that we've given for everyone to take away. Go have a sit down and then talk to people about it. Exactly. What a perfect place to end. Well, for everyone listening, I hope you have a wonderful walk. Turn your phone off now <laughs> and, uh, and just listen to nature. And Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.